What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema. This is episode 240, where today we're talking about Free Guy and the Netflix cinematic gem, The Kissing Booth 3, which I immediately regret. I'm one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell. I'm Roger Stillian. He never says one in the countdown. Why did he say one this time? I didn't. You're right. You remember the day he counted backwards? <laughs> I do. Well, well, counted forwards, you mean? Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, that was terrifying. Like, my yeah. brain shut off. Great, wonderful. It, it kind of blipped out. And I'm Christopher Bond. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, guys. How was your week? You guys getting anything fun? No. I had a terrible <laughs> uh, I, too, had a very mediocre week. However, I did see a great movie. Yeah? Yeah. Does, does, little, it, have, does it have Ryan I, Reynolds in it? That's called foreshadowing. Mm. For all you people taking notes Mm-mm-mm. on how to make a good movie. Unlike The Kissing Booth. Well, you didn't, you will, Chris, you will not be joining us for the kissing, kissing booth discussion today. And it sounds like I dodged the bullet. Probably did. Yeah, you probably did. Um, all right. Yeah, that's, I watched some movies. I, what else did I do? I had a pretty, I've been pretty busy for the past couple of days doing adulting things. That's pretty much it though. Yeah. See, pretty mediocre week. I've been on funeral detail for a, a friend's parents so that's not been so that's, great that's never but great i consumed copious amounts of alcohol <laughs> for I was some in, reason i, I expect, was in mourning i expect you to say copious amounts of cocaine yeah for some I, reason. I, just, I was <laughs> I expecting I, was, I don't know why i was expecting <laughs> cocaine but i definitely wasn't expecting alcohol i blame it on the trailer i just watched because yeah. cocaine was mentioned in it maybe that's why many <laughs> times many times Gentlemen, well, this is, if you didn't know, episode 240 of Fourth Love Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema. was posted each and every Tuesday at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office, current upcoming releases, what streaming, trailers, and movies of the week. Without further ado, let's get into the box office, shall Add we? juju, like a juju sauce. I don't think that's what I meant, but sure. yum yum sauce. All right, mm. Free Guy bringing in an additional eighteen point eight million, bringing its worldwide to one hundred and eleven point nine. That's really? really good. Is it really doing that good well? For that's, Free Guy, because your kids are going nuts over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna push this mute button a lot. All right, Paw Patrol the movie bringing in thirteen million uh, worldwide of thirty four point five. That's actually doing kind of well for itself. Good for Paw Patrol. Yeah, but I wonder how much that movie costs to make. But it has longevity, especially if it's going to be on a streaming service not too long after it leaves. It's already on a streaming service, I believe. I'm pretty sure it's already tied to Paramount Plus. Okay. Well, I mean, look, that movie's got some serious staying power because there are definitely kids that all over the world. Oh, yeah. There are millions of children who will be happy to watch that, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Jungle Cruise, 6.2 million, bringing its worldwide to 173. I hate that movie. Don't Breathe 2, 5.1 million. Worldwide of 27 million. That's disappointing. I, I think that movie deserved better than that. Respect. 3.8, 3.8, bringing in a worldwide of 15.6. That movie probably also deserves better than that. But we can just all blame it on the COVID still hanging around. I don't think there's any too crazy shakeups in the box office. I think we all expected Free Guy to do bonkers. Yeah, let's keep it going. Yeah, I mean, I look, Free Guy Free Guy definitely deserves it. That is something no one would argue with. All right, let's take a look at some upcoming, some upcoming stuff. So this past weekend... We were we were graced with Paw Patrol the movie, The Protege, and Reminiscence. On keep um, me, I make, meant to note make a note that Reminiscence is theatrical and HBO Max. And so we have one, two, three, four, five. Six, 
Eight other movies came out on streaming services. Notably among them, Sweet Girl on Netflix with Jason Momoa. I only bring that up because that was shot in Pittsburgh. So if you are a Pittsburgh native or close to Pittsburgh, check that one out. I'm sure you'll recognize all sides, all kinds of locations. August 27th, Candyman. Starting September, we have Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and Cinderella on Amazon. Then September 10th, Malignant, Queen Pins. Then we look at September 17th, Cry Macho, which is Clint Eastwood. Everybody's talking about Jamie, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. And September 24th, Dear Evan Hansen. October 1st starts us out with The Addams Family 2, Hotel Transylvania, Transformania. Wow, they're going straight up against each other. But that's also... Hotel Transylvania is also Amazon. That's huh. interesting. They must have just picked that one up. Huh. All interesting. Right. The Many Saints of Newark is also theatrical. I have a feeling that movie is going to do way better than expected. Because everyone Which, loves The Sopranos. Well, I mean, yeah, it should do big money. I sure hope it does. Sopranos is a big show. And then October 8th, the second week, No Time to Die, a small movie you may have heard of, James Bond coming back. Never heard of him. Never never heard of James Bond, huh? All right. Let's take a look at – well, any, well, do any of those releases strike you as moving around, Roger, or anything you want to talk about? No, I just think it's weird that they'd stack the Adams Family and Hotel Transylvania on the same day. I think it's because Hotel Transylvania is going to be Amazon. I don't think it's theatrical. So No. See, that's – what I find interesting is like the other ones did fine money – in theaters. I don't yeah. think I don't even think um I don't think that Hotel Transylvania would have been hurt by COVID either, given its kids. But I mean maybe we're wrong about that. Do you remember the a couple years ago when we did the um when we did the last Adams family, the first, or the first animated Adams family? Like it was a decent movie. Yeah, yeah, decent um, and it did very well in the box office. Yeah, it was okay. Um so yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It definitely it, it definitely pulled its weight. That's for sure. I yeah. mean, and then the next week is, of course, another big week: Halloween Kills, The Last Duel, and Venom Two. Let there be carnage. So that's, I mean, again, and then the week after that is Dune, Jackass Forever, and another trailer I just saw this week is Ron's Gone Wrong, which looks interesting. That's, so that's the the animated one. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's the animated one. But those are three big weeks. Uh, I don't care what you say. Jackass yeah. on the same weekend is hilarious to me. Well, it's But you know what Dune doesn't say? Dune doesn't say available on HBO Max either. Last well, week it did, this week it doesn't. So I mean it was in the trailer. <laughs> I I have a feeling we're not that's not going to be on HBO Max. I just I'm telling you I just have this weird feeling about it, but I'm I mean, I get oddly excited for like more excited for Jackass Forever every week we come closer to it because I mean we have a good time with those. We always have a good time with Jackass movies. We always have uh, a good time with them. Yeah. Imagine the, the differential discussion between Dune, same week talking about Jackass. I agree. This cat behind me. What is going on with this cat? You have a cat? That's awesome. Amy has a cat, yeah. And he's very he's very vocal about what he wants. He's very vocal. He's excited about James Bond for sure. <laughs> He's so loud. All right, so there's no shake up there, but let's get into what's streaming. This week we go back to Netflix. We take a look at a couple of movies here. If you haven't seen it in a while, check them out. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, very famously directed by John Hughes, Matthew Broderick, Alan Ruck, Mia Sarah, Charlie Sheen, 
Penn Stein, Jennifer Gray, 1986, kind of going all the way back to the 80s there. Space Cowboys, directed by Clint Eastwood, Tommy Lee Jones, Donald Sutherland, James Garner, James Cromwell, Marsha Gay Harden, 2010. But that, so there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Academy Award winners in that lineup there. I think James, it's a lot. I think James Cromwell won an Academy Award, or maybe he's nominated, but there's at least six there. That's that's a huge cast for for kind of a silly movie, but it actually worked. I remember really liking Space Cowboys. And finally, yeah. Zathura, a space adventure by director John Favreau, Kristen Stewart, Josh Hutcherson, Dax Shepard, Tim Robbins, Frank Oz, 2005. That is a very charming little movie if you've not checked that one out. You definitely should. Was that a good movie? It's I okay. Really, I really enjoyed it. It's very it's it's very Jumanji. It, it's it, Jumanji too. It exists because of Jumanji, but it's also very compelling. And I really I couldn't when I watched it, I found myself unable to like stop watching in the theater. Yeah. I was so I was so kind of riveted by it. So Okay. Well so I I'm I'm actually like a I don't know. I'm a closeted Kira Knightley fan and I also like the like like that style of movie. So I'm Well that's the well, Kira Knightley it's Kristen Stewart. Not no, that's, what, that's what I meant, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what I meant. Oh, you're a closet um, Kristen Stewart fan? Well, yeah, except for her performance in Snow White, you know, <laughs> but it's fine. Uh, so I I loved Zathura. I don't understand why people were kind of lukewarm on it when it came out. I was hugely into it. I mean, if I watch it today, I, w- I would I would give it a seven or an eight. It's it's just it's a well written movie that, that works. would you clap in the movie theater? <laughs> you know I would. You yeah, know I would. Yeah, I do. <laughs> So I mean I I was really I I clapped in Free Guy more than more than once and that's a that's a rare thing for me. Oh, I have really no doubt you were probably exhausting during Free Guy. I was exhausting, but so were some other people in the theater. And look, for some of those cameos that made an appearance towards the end, and I I don't mean just people cameos, but like also like movie cameos. Those were pretty cool. Sure, and that's a little foreshadowing for later, but some of those were pretty cool. So I really I really did dig those trailers. Let's talk about some trailers, gentlemen. How do you feel about small engine repair with John Bernthal? Roger, you're the John Bernthal guy here. What, so, do, you, what do you think? I think, I mean, listen, I'm intrigued by it, but the trailer doesn't really show you a whole lot of what's going on. Um, and it, it puts it as a suspense thriller. And I'm like, I don't, what, what's supposed to happen in this movie? Besides, they're going to try to kill this kid. Yeah. Well, Well, here. Okay, so here's the description. Events spin wildly out of control when three lifelong friends agree to do a favor on behalf of a brash young woman they all love. Now, the brash young woman, I think, is the is the daughter of one of them. I think uh, Ciara Bravo is going to is playing the daughter who got early acceptance to to college. I think she's playing John Bernthal's. At least that's how the trailer portrays it. And uh, everyone's proud of her because he just got out of prison. I think he's. Uh, in, I think she's the niece of him. Oh, niece. Yeah. Okay. Daughter of the guy, the big guy with the beard, whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. okay. That, that that makes sense. Then. I think I'm pretty sure that's it. I'm a little offended that you labeled Roger as the John Bernthal guy. I love John Bernthal. Well, yeah, but Roger's the guy who every time we talk about John Bernthal movie, Roger kind of gushes over John Bernthal. So no, I kind of give. Well, he gives me a reason not to gush. I mean, I sent for John Bernthal, but it's fine. It's cool. It's you know, it's okay. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Over here, it's, it's cool. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Uh, but look, we all love John Bernthal. I see the first half of this trailer. I would have been, you know, the first half of this trailer. I would have been okay if it was just if that was the movie. Yeah, yeah. Just like, just like, <laughs> did you guys think that's how what it was going to be too? I kind of so, dug that. 
I feel the trailer takes a drastic turn to a different movie. All it gets real dark. Yeah, it's like, oh, this looks fine. It's gonna be some, you know, family piece. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, it doesn't seem like like a piece. Where, you know, he's out of prison and how things are gonna be okay. No, there's like there may definitely be murder involved here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, uh, murder maybe prevalent. Drinks and let's chop this dude up. Wait, what? The- <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really kind of I but the movie gets it, it has some good vibes to it. I mean, for as dark as it seemed, but it also I mean, there is always room theatrically or not theatrically for what we view movies here is for a good suspense thriller. We always because we so rarely get those these days that well, a good one you mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's yeah. a good suspense. We get a lot of them, not many of them are good, but one of those is always very welcome. And I'm that's and that cast is it's good. Yeah. Solid cast. John Berthal, Shea Wiggum. Uh, what? Who else are we looking at? We're looking at John Polano, uh, Josh Hellman. It just—it's a good cast, and it looks to be a little darker. But I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's the thing. Is I don't know. I I'm excited for it, and I'm, I'm kind of gushing over it. But it's just one I I've seen the trailer a few times now, and I, I really kind of dig it. So, all right, gentlemen, how do you feel, Chris, about Vacation Friends? So I don't know after. So, John Cena, right? He was he was he was decent in Fast and Furious. I loved him in Su- in the Suicide Squad. I thought he was he was at least you know top two best reasons for that movie. And I think in this, I think he looks it seems hilarious. I chuckled at the trailer. I'm in for this thing. It's either going to be pretty funny and a good time, or it's going to be super bad. Either way, it'll be fun to talk about. What what is your what does your gut tell you? It's gonna so. Comedies have a hard time. I have a hard time with comedies, especially like the whole the very in your face style comedies like these ones. But I don't know. My gut tells me to be, my heart tells me to be scared, but I want to love again. So we'll see. Well, it, it is a Red Band trailer, and it does have copious amounts of drug references yes, and, and, and drug consumption. Uh, and that's always how it's portrayed on camera. And it looks like they're doing it's in the editing. They're like they're changing the colors, and they're like on the ground, like making snow angels, like. I don't care what your stance is on drug. That's funny, right? I mean, that's it's okay to laugh at that regardless of what your stance on drugs is, right? I mean, generally, yes. Can't speak for everyone on their stance on drugs, but yeah, you know, I, drugs I think, are hilarious always. <laughs> I don't know. I think this. I think this could be funny. I think, and I think John Cena's you know on fire right now, in my opinion. So we'll see how it goes. Love and co- love and cocaine rimmed uh, margarita glasses. Yes. yes. Listen, yes. that is an incredible power move. <laughs> <laughs> the salt doesn't taste very salty. He's like, oh, that's because it's cocaine. He doesn't skip a beat. No, 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 no beat skip. No, he talks about how he what sort of uh, how it's a lot easier to smuggle it in when he doesn't put it in his ass. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Respect. I can respect that. Sure, sure. Little Ray Howery, I'm I'm kind of big on right now. He's had some good movies lately. He's been in a lot of stuff lately. Yeah. I liked I liked um free. I mean, I know we talked about you talked about the wait was it the friend you were talking about in Free Guy? Little Ray Howery. No, the other friend. Oh, okay, the other friend. Okay, yeah, I liked him in I like um, Little Ray Howery in Tag. I liked him in um, everything he's been in lately. So I don't have a problem with him. You know, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Good. What else has he been in? He's oh, he was in Bad Trip. That's what he was in recently too. And oh, in Fatherhood with Kevin yeah, Hart. That was, that. Yeah, yeah. The the the, the friend who kind of lays it out for him, like he's been having a rough go of it. Yeah, he was in Space Jam also. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. He was like the co-host of the basketball. If you want to catalog Space Jam in your mind and reference it, you're more than welcome. But I do not. So yeah, there you go. 
Uh, yeah, so I'm excited for vacation, friends. The IMDb description, a couple meets up with another couple on a vacation in Mexico, but their friendship takes an awkward turn when they get back home. <laughs> yeah. We're all there for awkward. Awkward makes comedies much better. The most right. better. And The Eternals finally has a real trailer. It's a solid trailer. I was going to say, leave it to Disney to come around in the in the, in the last second and make a good goddamn trailer to make this movie finally look like it's worth well hold on hold on i i think the reason we've it's taken so long to get this trailer is what roger said last week about they they didn't want to step on shang chi they want to just get that from marketing promotion out there oh yeah and now it's time to start pushing eternals shang chi is like what two and a half three weeks away it's september yeah so it's like two weeks from friday yeah so i mean it's look whatever promotion it's going to have is done now they're doing this. So Chloe Zhao, she's making the Eternals. That's an odd director choice for the Eternals because she all she did things. Uh, she did Nomadland. Nomadland movie, movie we very recently talked about. Uh, that's an odd choice for a Marvel film, but I am curious to see what kind of levity it brings. I'm guessing it's going to bring that long drawn out sense of uh, sense of drama. Which I mean, it looks it looks pretty. Yeah, it sure it does. as hell does. Yeah, and the casting seems fantastic. And I think this trailer answers a lot of questions for the Marvel faithful about where the Eternals stands as far as in this timeline and why we haven't heard of them till now. I think the trailer does an okay job of at least tiding people over until the movie comes out about that. Yeah, I mean, they, they give a they give a actual reason why these people have never shown up until this moment. So, I mean, and what and what's causing, you know them to research now with the event that happened, all the people coming back. That's actually a pretty, a pretty solid. Oh, okay. I can see that moment and good on them for, you know, tying that all in, in a nice clean way. Now you guys are the comic book people. How are you so far? Are you okay with how the Eternals looks based on the source material of the comics? I know this is outside the realm of me. Yeah. I know zero about the, the Eternals. I have no, nothing to compare this to. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm your average Marvel fan at this point. I am. Well, see, we've talked about how we weren't really excited for the Eternals because we haven't really seen much of it lately. But this trailer gets me excited. I like the odd casting choice of, I mean, Angelina Jolie is not the odd casting choice. I like, I mean, Kit Harington fits right into that world. He was in, you know, not that that's Marvel, but he was in, you know, Game of Thrones. He, I mean, How to Train Your Dragon, kind of in that um, mystical, what do you call it? A fantasy realm. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Brian Tyree Henry, Richard Madden, of course, uh, Gemma Chan, Selma Hayek, which is an odd choice. That's the yeah. odd choice I was talking about. And for the few moments we get of her in this, I'm, I'm not thinking anything bad. I'm only thinking good things because I, yeah. it looks like it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, we saw her in a couple things recently, and she was fine in those things. She wasn't like outstanding by, in my opinion, by any means. But you know, she was fine. So leave it to Marvel and Disney to find somebody, you know, with some chops and make them shine. We'll see how she does in the movie. Oh, you mean Selma? Yeah. What, what, was, what was her line, Roger, in um, the Hitman's Wife's bodyguard? I will put on a strap on <laughs> yeah. you until your dreams become nightmares. And she says it without skipping a beat. That is Selma. Very high. aggressive. <laughs> Power move, Selma. Power move. Uh, yeah, that's so – I'm excited for the Eternals more so – than I have been for Black Widow, more so than I have been since any movie after Endgame or this the this the last this this the Thanos defeat was that so Endgame? You know what? 
I watched I watched the end of end or I watched the last hour of Endgame yesterday because it was running on like TNT or TBS or something. Yeah, and I like I couldn't turn it off. I was like, man, I forgot how fun the end of this movie was when everything. Oh yeah, when shit's just blowing up everywhere and yeah, you know, Cap picks up Yulnir and all that stuff. I knew it. I damn that's so good. Well, it is. It's see, see, Marvel has cracked the code on what like. People like me, I, I, even though I don't think the highest of that movie, I still love so many of those moments mm-hmm. because so many of those moments are hero moments. And, of course, you're dealing with dozens of heroes. So in that regard, I can't really say much negative about it because they've definitely cracked that code. And I that's what I appreciate from them is to make popcorn flicks because yeah. that's what those are. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with those being popcorn flicks either. I'm no, not at all. Like, I mean, those are billion dollar popcorn flicks. Two yeah. billion dollars. Yeah, two billion dollars. <laughs> that's a lot of money. If you haven't noticed, that's, that's yeah. a lot of zero. You only gave it half credit. That's a two billion dollar popcorn. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, man. You think? Wait, did it, nothing? Just you wait. How long do, do you think the next movie to upstage Endgame, as far as you know, the first two or three weeks box office is going to be another Marvel movie, or it'll be something else? I mean. It'll, it'll take a lot for anything to get there, though. So uh, I mean, I know you're banking on your man, good old James Cameron, but I, I. Well, oh no, I'm, I'm. Avataring, it's not going to have the. No, I, no, I don't. I mean, Avatar will do okay. I just the time for the Avatar sequels has come and gone. As far well, as the, the thing, general, the thing with overall money with Avatar, Avatar it will be like a movie because that's the thing with Avatar. It made a ton of money for a long time. Yeah, it never had like the monster opening weekend. It had a good one and it was number one for a while. But it was consistently number one for like 15 weeks yeah. or something. Just ungodly. Hmm. But no, I, don't, I couldn't see if Avatar came out tomorrow. It would be like you wouldn't have people stacked up to go see it under normal times anyway. Yeah. No, but I don't. Know, I think I think the time for the sequels have come and got me. Does anyone care about Avatar anymore? Probably no. not. I mean like no. the those people who are going to care about Avatar, I'm James Cameron's prime audience. I love yeah. him. Just remember one last thing about Avatar. We're talking about a full generation shift since the last Avatar. Yeah, you're not wrong, and that's it's, it's 15 years, right? Are that's we just, like, basically that point next next year's 15. Well, 2009. So yeah, well December just oh, yeah. December 20, 2009. So okay, yeah, so that's we're, yeah, we're 12 years away. Jeez. Yeah, my goodness, it's. I mean, it took them. Less than two years. We've got so Rod, correct if I'm wrong, just for my memory is a little hazy. The first kissing booth we watched over the pandemic. The first one? No, I think, the, it would have been the second one. The first one was out before all that. Okay, so maybe the first kissing booth. I haven't I didn't check. I just was I, sure know, well, I feel like we've been in a pandemic for years. <laughs> kissing booth was basically since I graduated. Oh, it, was, it was 2018. So yeah, so it's been three years and they made three movies. As bad as those are, as lackluster and boring as those movies are, that's still commendable. Three movies in three years or four years. That's still commendable. And James Cameron hasn't made two avatars in we I mean he has made them, but they haven't come out in. He's, always, made one, he's made one avatar in twenty years. Well, I mean, and, and until the other one has an official release date and it comes out, we we really can't sit consider it made, can we? Nope. Yeah, I, I wouldn't think so. So I mean yeah. think of all the movies that have come and gone, all the franchises that have started and ended since then. Oh How my god. Marvel we movies got this, that came out well, since Avatar. Well, Avatar 2009, so 22, 22. What the entirety of Game of Thrones? The oh, the wow, entirety yeah. of Game of Thrones came out after Avatar and before the the, the sequel. That's <laughs> 8 years. Well, 7 because I don't want to reference the 8th year. I'm still mad about that, but yeah, well. 
Yeah, but yeah, that's just we'll. That's I feel like that's an episode one day when we come closer to Avatar that we can list all the things that have happened since. I like we'll legitimately have to go rewatch Avatar because it's been so long. I've yeah. never seen it. I really hope they've seen didn't. Avatar. Really? No, never. Wow. Uh, so, so you so know you're... the story of Pocahontas? <laughs> yes. Okay, you get it. Okay, there you go. You've cool. seen Avatar, even down to the name. I mean, John John Smith and Jake Sully. Four letters and five letters. I mean, it's down to the, the, the very basic bones of that. Jeez. Yeah. So, okay. Back to the Eternals. It's safe to say I think Eternals is going to do – it's not going to do perform terribly at the box office. No, it'll do well, but we're not talking two billion, are we? No, I don't. I don't There's even no think it's going to – I don't think it'll – if it if it breaks one, I don't think it'll break 1.2. It took, so just remember, it, opening it, weekend record is what, 310 million now? Yeah. It took 10, it took 10 years of, of Marvel – movies to make that box office happen true yeah, i don't think the eternals is going to come out swinging that hard i think if they build up into something absolutely but not not right now <laughs> well i expected fast nine to do better than it did theatrically for box office it, it, really it might have we're still i mean things are just getting worse and I don't know if I don't know if you guys have um, how, how bleak of you, Roger. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't. So one story I did post on our social media this week is Fast Ten does have a release date of twenty twenty two. Hell so yeah, it does. That 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 answers our questions of is there going to be another one? Does, does, does we knew there was. Well, I mean, nine is a saga. We got to colonize the moon. That's true. But so nine is a saga. We have nine Star Wars movies. Uh, nine seems to be the, the the magic the magic number with these. You're right because the last couple of Star Wars have really iced out the rest of that saga. <laughs> well, I mean that's <laughs> I. You'll never hear me speak positively of the last three Star Wars movies. I mean, maybe a few positive things, but most of it's going to be negative as they deserve. I mean, I was but, the one that had to defend the middle one just because everybody didn't like it because it wasn't their Star Wars movie. I the the last Jedi I thought was one of the biggest pieces of trash of that year was one of the it was, I thought the last Jedi well I can't say that because that was also was that the same year as the Jurassic Park movie Ooh, maybe that movie was real bad yeah I can't decide which one's I actually I think Jurassic Park's worse well it's a worse movie <laughs> yeah and I you might not have liked it but Jurassic Park's a way worse movie yeah that's what I'm saying I think I think uh, what was that Fallen Kingdom I think Fallen Kingdom was. As far as big budget movies go, way worse than. I was just telling somebody about that, like I, how I legitimately almost walked out of the theater at like it was me. forty-five minute. Well, yeah, it was you, right? A yeah, couple yeah. days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I haven't seen either of the two new ones. Yeah, I was legitimately so bad. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, it was at work, wasn't it? Was the day we? Yeah. yeah, we watched all a bunch of the. Yeah, you know, they were playing. We watched the original trilogy at work. Yeah. Well, revisionist history on that movie is pretty incredible because I was working with people who were like, actually, I really thought the, I really thought Jurassic Park was good. I. I would give it a seven. I'm like, what? Did no. we watch the same movie? It's so a disaster. I can imagine if I mean if I ever talked to him about it, he's gonna say he didn't, but I mean he definitely did. I I remember thinking to myself, like, what the did we watch the same movie? But I, I'm sure revisionist history in that movie is gonna be pretty insane, as it is on The Last Jedi, because that's you know very controversial as far as people are concerned. But all right, Roger, let's take a few minutes and talk about the kissing booth three. Which I will say, so Kissing Booth came out this uh, past week, or actually two weeks ago, I think, August 11th it came out, so very recent, directed by Vince Marcello. You know the cast. Joey King, Joel Courtney, Molly Ringwald. I always forget that she's in these. She's the mom. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob Elordi, um, Taylor Zakar Perez, Maisie Richards Sellers. I'm just going, I'm just, I'm grinding gears now, but. Good. Let's, so, okay, so. 
Roger and I had a little discussion of the kissing booth history. I mean, it was a very short one, but let's, I want to be as fair as we possibly can. And I, I think you said some things that are not only fair, but very deserving of the kissing booth three. Why don't you go ahead and recap? Yeah. As, since I have never made a mistake on this show, <laughs> I will just go ahead and lead off with facts. Here. Jesus. So, um, so the first kissing booth from a few years ago is actually an okay movie. All right. And I premise it with okay. Cause it's, it's at best a five and a half or a six, okay? Which is, it's fine. You know, I'm not the demo for it. I'm not somebody who would be like, hey, I got to make sure we check out this movie. But watching it, watching it with my wife, it's actually okay. Like, it's legitimately funny, tells a decent story, and is kind of heartwarming the way it all plays out. It's not bad at all, all right? So a couple years later, there's a second one, which Lord knows we need a follow-up. Woohoo! Um, because they left so many unresolved plot <laughs> plot points. Spoiler: They did not. Um, and we get a second movie that brings in somebody else. You know, some another dude. You know, trying to cross paths. There's some struggles because someone's away at college and blah blah blah. And it really devolves into dumb dumb teen drama. Okay, and it goes from like a six to like a four. All right, it's not very good. It's never super bad. Um, no real rewatchability. Okay, and then we stumble stumble across the finish line with Kissing Booth three, and I'll be straight up honest. This movie is an abject fucking disaster. I think it's. I think that's putting it. I don't often talk natively of movies like this, but I think that is putting it kindly. You're, so yeah, legitimately. This is one of the dumbest movies that we've watched in a long time. Like, I'm hovering around scoring it as low as I've scored anything ever. But we'll get to that no, in yeah. a minute. So, one thing I do want to talk about, though, is at least the director is consistent. He directed – Vince Marcello directed all three of these. They must be his – must have been his thing, or at least he knows someone. Just his that, passion project. Well, well he wait, hold on, dude. consistent he, as in, as in they get consistently worse. Yes, <laughs> sure. But I mean, well, I mean, they're all kind of bad. Just they get the like. I think Roger can go a little bit further and say the first Kissing Booth as a one-off would have been okay. Would have been it, wait, seriously. You know, if it was one movie for one story, it would have been fine. Like it's I fine, said, yeah, it's slightly above average. It's kind of funny in places, kind of dumb in places. It's like a high school drama is what it is um and then it, they just get progressively worse and here, here's the thing right is one of the things that they try to have you understand throughout all three movies is the development of this core cast of characters all right there is no development they are the same person that you meet the very first time all the way through three movies they really somehow are. they get dumber <laughs> well like, they get yeah. more needy they get more whiny and they're stupid like legitimately they're obviously this has no reflection on real life but the what some of these characters do especially in this third movie it's like i want to take one and just shake them and be like what are you doing how can you be upset this is your fault like everything like if you ever do watch this movie, our our uh, L our lead character gets from like 
a like strong independent girl by the end of the first movie to the most needy person on earth. It's it dude. No, here's the thing. It's such a regression. It's, it's, it's not even funny. It's annoying. Hmm. And, oh my God. Well, a lot like she spends three quarters of this movie crying. Well, she's yeah. People are brooding, but a lot of the, the drama in this movie is the same drama that we had in the second one and the first one. Mainly the second one. It's just, well, yeah, listen, this is this is not a sequel. This is a sequel to Kissing Booth 2. You know what I mean? It is not the end of a story. This is a sequel to 2. <laughs> yeah, I get that. It is. You're not wrong about that. And I just, it's, regression is the right word because it just seems like they do is they spend a lot of time setting up something, setting up these triangles that you see coming a mile away and that don't even matter to the story no they don't that we've moved that we've already moved past as watching the second movie we've already moved past a lot of this crap but i mean again they literally bring the same triangle guy in the third one like anything's gonna be any fucking different well well, he's back the, the thing is with it too is there is a point in this movie where there's a confrontation between Marco and, um, oh God, what's the other guy's name? Why am I stuck? Noah. Noah. There's a confrontation that leads to one of them punching the other one in the face. <laughs> and you would think it would add, ha, uh, excuse me, add some resolution to it. It doesn't. It just kind of <laughs> sputters out. It's so weird. It's it's unnecessary. No, I I agree with you, and it's there is so much angst in this movie. It's <laughs> painful. That's that's what I'm. That's what I. I think we've moved past that in a movie going audience anyway. Because Roger, if you remember, Chris, you might you're a little younger, so you may not remember. Because we've referenced several movies of the late '90s lately that you don't seem to have as much familiarity with as Roger and me, just because I think the age. But a lot of those movies were teen angsty too, and I think. A lot of the early aught movies, those romantic comedies were very teen angsty. And since then, we've moved past them. And a lot of those teen angst movies have gotten a little darker and a little more interesting. And I just think this is not only a major regression to Elle's character or any character in this movie, but also a regression into what we expect from a movie like this. Hmm. Does, does that make sense in a weird way? I mean, for someone who hasn't seen the movie, yeah, it does. Um, so the things that make me mad about this movie, and I kind of forget that they also exist. This, no one in this movie has any need for money because they have a very expensive beach house. They obviously live a very lavish lifestyle. Oh my God. They must have, how much money do they have? Oh, and, the, and the whole thing with the beach house. Okay. So let's take the Flynn's for example. Listen, the, their the beach boys. house is slumming it compared to the house they actually live well, in. That, okay. That's my point. Is, <laughs> so that's my point is, so they I don't think they have millions. I think they have like tens and twenties of millions. They have to to help to own both these properties. And yeah, probably. I mean, there's a lot. And it's just they do whatever they want to do. There, there's never. I mean, again, you, there's a couple of scenes of them working, but working a few serving shifts at a at a local seasonal well, hold restaurant. On, so, to to clarify something, L doesn't have much money. The Flynn family has all the money. Right, but L's they still live in a house on the beach. The the Els family still lives in a house. Listen, the they're beach. not poor. <laughs> they're not poor. Well, they're. I kind of wanted them to be struggling, and they're not. Mm. You know, it's just 
because that's kind of the character is the dad had to take a job he hated to support his kids. But the job he hated is paying him enough money to afford a house on the beach. True. You're doing okay at that point. (laughs) So one of the big, the big crux of this movie is actually picks up right after the last movie ended about how, how Elle needs to make a decision on where she wants to go to school because she's got accepted into Harvard and Berkeley. Okay. Oh, oh, God. Oh, right. Oh, my God. My life is so hard. Do I want to go to the most prestigious school in the country with my gigantic, handsome boyfriend or hang out at one of the most picturesque schools in the world that's also a world-class institution with my best friend? Oh, yeah. God. How do I get to make this kind of decision? <laughs> life choices. Life choices, people. Life no, choices. So here's the thing. And somehow, somehow, they make it so that she screws that all up for both of them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she couldn't just make a decision. She lies to everybody and, like, I got waitlisted for both. She didn't, um, which actually comes back into play in this movie. But it's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, it doesn't help that the drama is so artificial. Yeah. It's pretty incredibly bad. I mean, it reminds me of the third – what was that movie, the – Shades of the Jamie Dornan was the it's Shades of Grey. Yeah, those three movies. The third movie, no. the climax was so anticlimactic that the same love interest from the second one, I think it was the second one, came back and tried to get back with her again. This reminded me of that only because why are you rehashing stuff that we already moved past? Why are you doing that? I understand that's adapted from a book. I think this might be adapted from some material too. But as a movie, you need to do something a little different because it's just we've already done that. Why are we doing it again? Also, well, it doesn't – none of these decisions really hold any weight, or at least it doesn't seem like they do outside of their, their very self-absorbed you – know, Their little three or four-person circle. Yeah, it just none doesn't it matters. Seem Are you saying that they may be a little detached from reality? A well, no. Bit. So hold on. I don't, I don't think that's fair to say, but I, I know the point you're trying to make. Yeah, yeah. Legitimately, all the problems that, that work through is basically through the triangle of Ellen, her boyfriend Noah, and – Elle is best friends with Noah's little brother, Lee. And instead of making any decision of any consequence, any, and deciding to go to school and hang out with Lee or go across the country and live with your boyfriend at Harvard, she can never make the decision. And so, of course, of course, she pisses everybody off. But the real problem was it's not the fact that she can't make a decision after, I don't know, however months, however many months she chooses to draw this out, is when she does make a decision, she still lies about all of it, okay? She couldn't just put her foot down and be like, I'm going to go to Harvard with Noah, or I'm going to go to Berkeley with Lee, or just not go to either one and just live your life. So who's going to relate to this movie? Nobody. Well, Absolutely fucking nobody. Well, here's the the problem, right? Who is the target demographic for any of the Kissing Booth movies? So that's the problem. That's the thing that, I mean, obviously, listen, this is not, this movie is not made for someone like me. Um, But, like, I don't know who it's made for. Like, I would say tweens, that's probably too young, but, like, high school, college age? I think think middle school to early college females is what this definitely wants to be aimed at. It's like, so even if that's the case, you take the one person who was actually fairly strong and independent in the first one, and you dumbed her down through two other movies that make her look so pathetic. I think, Um, I think my big takeaway from this movie, that's awful. I think my big takeaway from this movie is this movie ruined Mario Kart for me because they, they raised dressed up as the, (laughs) I do have a big Mario Kart challenge. Throwing like weird bananas at each other and bombs filled with what looks to be like 
cream or cake batter or something. It just it ruined Mario Kart for me, man. It did. Uh, um, I well, I mean, it's honest, honestly, like the real person I have a problem with in this movie past L is the best friend Lee. Like, is there like he is the whiniest person in the history of the earth. <laughs> You're not wrong. Like he is such a bitch. But this is the it's same. Like, but this oh is his God. problem. But this is his. This has been his problem the entire time. Is he doesn't want to give up his best friend to anyone, let alone his brother. Boo hoo. Yeah, I mean, there are harder decisions. But and it's not like they're together. They're not romantically involved. He's got a girlfriend. <laughs> Jesus this, Christ. Yeah, I totally. I, I understand you, but I mean, this. This movie hurt my soul. I may never recover from this. I am Ever. I'm very honestly puzzled as to why did so Netflix obviously thought we need more of these and made the decision without but so these movies must be profitable right we're 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 banking on the fact that know. because the I don't first know season, I don't know how Netflix does anything anymore. I mean, they wouldn't have made a third one without having some kind of profit margin from the first two, let alone a second one from the first there's one. Some, right? There's got to be some kind of positive metric that's lining up with the, with the first and then the second release of this movie. Well, I know it's not the Rotten Tomatoes score. No. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a 12 or like what, like it's 15? It's a 12. This one is yeah. a 12. A 12? It's yeah. so 12. bad. It just – oh, man. I, I feel really bad for the people involved in this because – especially Molly Ringwald. She's done better. I mean, Joel Courtney was in Super 8. He should have. He worked with Spielberg and J.J. Abrams. He's above this. What's he doing? Maybe he's not. I, I don't know. I don't know what he's been doing since, but oh, man. I, I really had a hard time with this. And I'm usually, the, of the three of us, I'm usually the one that has positive things to say about this. And no, all, like all jokes aside and without really digging any more into those actual story, this movie is legitimately almost unwatchable. It, it so is. So much so I had to stop and pick it up the next day because I was done with it. <laughs> Wow, gross. Like, I I almost didn't go back. Somehow it got worse after I did. So, <laughs> not wrong. But you, Although, know you know what's messed up? When I turned it off at the hour mark, I was like, there are still 78 minutes left. Oh, why, no. God, why? <laughs> oh, this is this is damn close to two hours, which means theatrically it would have been two and a half hours. But it's Netflix, so. It's Thank God it's Netflix. Bad. If this, I mean, I think these movies would have benefited from each having a 90-minute runtime, each having a very focused story and what the plot was. You know, if it's if it's going to revolve around L, which it does, you know... Sort of. If you take another bad movie trilogy that was, I mean, you've been very vocal about thinking it was terrible, was look at something, even a, a little bit, look at Transformers. So in the first one, Sam, he, you know, he gets to be with Michaela as like boyfriend and girlfriend. The second one is the L word. Then the third one, it's, it's, it's the the love and marriage. At least there's some kind of natural progression in those movies, as far as those two main characters are concerned. Did you see any kind of natural progression in any of these three movies, as far as Lee and no, not Lee, um, Noah and L are concerned? No, not at all. Yeah, that's my. They're the same person they play in the first movie. Yeah, brooding and dark and whine about everything. It's just there's no character progression. Which is a big deal when you have a trilogy of movies when no character has moved from where they started. That's a problem. Actually, they've regressed. <laughs> the regression. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe Netflix just saw this as a way to satisfy contracts, or maybe Netflix said, "Well, shit, we already paid them all for we already paid them for three, so we got. I mean, we might as well make the movies. Might as well film it. Might as well make the movies. You know, put people to work. Sure, I get that. 
and also something that was brought to my attention that we I don't think I've ever considered is so someone I've someone that I work with that, that works on a lot of Netflix stuff, he says Stuff like the kissing. Now, I'd never considered this, and it's I can see this as a reason. So they they don't want to lose their crew member to other films. So in between the big Netflix movies, they do things like this to keep crew on payroll and paid so they don't go elsewhere. Ah, okay. And like if, they don't get like they don't get mired down on like a long shoot or something, and they can't get back into like. Well, if I mean, doing. well, for for an example, so my show is like two or three weeks away from ending principal photography, but. This is the time when everyone's going to start jumping ship because they're going to get on stuff that's going to take them through January, February, March. Instead of another couple of weeks, they're going to go for a couple of months. And that's understandable. People are going to have a paycheck. I get that. But this is what Netflix does to keep you know, their normal crew people from, from leaving the Netflix family. And I can understand. It's a cheap way to do it rather than pay them for nothing because if you're going to pay people to not work on other projects – I get that, but you 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 might you might as well get a movie out of it as well. Does that make sense? So yeah, I mean, no, I understand that. They're like crews here. Just write something, get it up on the screen. So I mean, this has to be popular because this isn't. Although Vivo came back on the Netflix, Vivo is now number three on Netflix. So kids must be discovering Vivo and watching it. Oh, I've got because I've got I've got to swallow my foot on something I said about Vivo. So my kid, on purpose sought out and turned on Vivo the other day. So she, uh-huh. did, give it, she did give it a second showing willingly. So whatever. You uh, well, you brought that upon yourself. Yeah. Well, no, I don't blame well, kids I, for I, that. I, I didn't think it was going to happen. Well, right? it's, she, it's, just, so, she seemed so... No, hold on, hold on, hold on. It. Let's let's be fair. You're no, neither one of your daughters are above what? What's the, what's the, what's the oldest daughter? How old? She's six. going to be seven soon. But like to a six, seven-year-old... Well, she's like peak Vivo. That's my yeah, point, right. though. It's like... I yeah. can see why she'd want to watch that again. Maybe well, a third I, or fourth time, even. I get it too, but I just I wasn't expecting it because the the way she watched the watched it the first time, she didn't seem like she gave it. She gave a damn. You know what so, I mean? So unfair net unfair Netflix metrics for a movie like that is. So I Roger, we we talked about Ready Player One. We had uh, a friend of the show, Bobby Traveri, on. His kid has watched Vivo. I think Bobby said now thirteen times. Yikes! Wow. So that's thirteen times that they that they chalk up to the has been viewed. Even though it's by the same, you know, I mean that room. counts though. Yeah, it does count, but that's you don't find that to be an unfair metrics as far as no, because listen, if somebody goes to see a movie the second time at the movie theater, that ticket price still counts. That's a good point, and we got to remember that that guy who took his daughter to watch Frozen. Frozen every day for six weeks. Jesus, what? she must. Oh my goodness, we we stopped charging. We him didn't for even ticket. charge him, dude. It was just like, go ahead, man. He what? still charged him for for drinks and, and like no, Chris, every day. For like months, this guy it took his like four year old to see Frozen. That's insane. And she dressed up as the princess every day. She had her wand. She was into it, man. And all right, you know, after a while, Rod was like, "Don't even charge him." I mean, we 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 had to charge him for the concession, of course, but not for the ticket. Yeah, so. he, he always wanted a drink and a popcorn and a thing for the kids. We just let him go. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. it just so I can see why. But one thing I wanted to point out was I don't also don't like how they destroyed Mario Kart for me. Also, they were in the Tony Stark donut. Well, I mean, that's a Randy's Donuts is a really famous. No, I understand that, but like, that's also where like Tony Stark was having his meltdown donut in the donut. You know, it's just they also managed to get a shot there. I wonder how expensive that is to get a shot there. Not when you're Netflix, we're like, hey, we need a shot in your donut. Like, come on board. (laughs) Don't change. Don't digitize out our name. Put in something else. Um, I, I mean, I even hate for. Well, actually, the ending of the movies. Last thing I want to touch on before we score is is I actually didn't hate the 
ending because, and I don't mean the end end, I mean what led up to the ending, because I thought for those characters being as dumb and regressed as we are complaining about now, actually the older brother made us, made kind of a good decision is to break up with Elle. Oh, yeah, I, no, it was great. It was well, well worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being sarcasm. Was, no, they're seriously though. Their relationship was a disaster. It was, it, it never worked. And he brought up good points, but I thought that was from the movie we had been presented with since the first kissing booth till now, that level of sophistication hadn't yet been seen by that, by that, by those movies. No, you're right. You're right. So, I mean, we got to give credit where credit is due at least. So it only took two years for somebody to make a mature decision. Mm. Right. Also, I'm going to talk about what link to that is this movie is like all over the charts with, so at, at times it's very, you know, aimed at very young audiences. And then they just gloss over the fact that uh, she and her boyfriend make a sex tape in a biology lab. That was in the first one. No, yeah. that was the first, like they, they bring it up again of how they like, and what like it's all over the place and then like there's also scenes with the cameras like going through a room where l and noah are like are very clearly doing one activity in the bed it's like what who is this aimed at wait i'm confused which activity oh my god chris you have it daughters. rhymes with rex <laughs> chris you have daughters <laughs> and it rhymes with rex i think you can figure it out um the other thing is one the only thing i want to talk about somebody i appreciated in this movie was so Elle ends up being super shitty to her dad's new girlfriend, like super shitty. And her dad will have none of it. Yeah. He comes right at her and he lights her on fire. And it was <laughs> awesome. I, 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 again, that's a level. He was of... like, You're being a bitch. Stop being a bitch. Well, <laughs> he said, what's the, what's the one thing that when your parents tell you and oh. when, you're, when you're growing up, it's like, it hurts more than anything else. <laughs> Whoa, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. well, he, does, he hits her straight up with like, I've never been more disappointed in you. And it's just like, well, God damn, damn he skipped the level. <laughs> but then again, it's, it's also – also, I need to clarify, Chris. The fact that you have daughter, I, I'm saying that you've you've done the act because you have kids. I wasn't anyone else. Anyway. Thanks. Thanks. Um, wait, 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 I'm glad what? you clarified uh, that. Thank you. I'm, I'm not more confused. No, no. And so, <laughs> so, but like, again – you described Elle in the beginning of this conversation, Roger, as a smart, academically smart girl who picks up on things. But she didn't pick up on the fact that her dad has put a relationship on the back burner for six years to make sure his kids are okay with the death of their mother. And she can't put it together that, okay, maybe my dad deserves to finally to find some happiness. No, she never thinks about it that way. She's That's just a shitty person doing uh, shitty things. Again, it's a regression of the character. And when you're doing a trilogy, you really can't afford that because characters – they come to a point at the end of each movie that you really can't go back. So, I mean, that's again, that's again against the movie because it's like a, that's like a writing no no. I think we've talked enough about this, don't you think? I, mean, right. I got way more. Yeah, that's enough. Let's wouldn't. wrap it up. Here. I want to. Okay, I got something good I want to talk about here in a minute. Well, okay, yeah. but let's move to score this, and this might be the lowest score I've ever given a movie on this show. I award Kissing Booth three point five star point five score. 0.5. That's not even one. It's a 0.5. Wow. Where to you? I mean, I, I would just go so far as to say one. That's a cop out. Because listen, this movie's a zero. It gets a zero. I can't even. So I'm interested to know where it salvages the 0.5 at. The, 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 the ending when Lee breaks up with when Lee breaks up with her and they don't immediately get back together. Okay. I thought there was some level of sophistication. You know, there, so. you know what? I actually won't argue on that. This is kind of the best part. He's just like, we're done. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, well because he point, he's like, look. We fight over everything. 
we fight, we get back together, we fight, and we're and, and we're still in the honeymoon phase. Imagine when we're six years into this. It's like, okay, that's a level I, I didn't that's good writing for like fourteen seconds. It's 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 okay writing. I mean the well, guy also, that's well, so, made a mature decision. Well, yeah. so they, they did the unexpected thing, right? Because the thing you expect is for them to live happily ever after, get back together, blah, 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 and so. the very end, they leave it ambiguous. I mean, it's not really ambiguous, but it is. You it know, is. They're sure. a little, they're a little older, a little wiser. They may be mm-hmm. moving back towards getting together, but they're not. And I, I at that point, they are not together. Yes. I, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm awarding the same level of points you you give someone who gets everything wrong on the ACT yet still gets their name right. They get some yeah. points. Um, yeah, I scored this the same score I gave Holmes and Watson. That's yeah, that's that's, that's man, all that's right. Something. I'm there surprised you gave it. As low. I'm surprised I gave it as low. I think I think I've given one zero. So you've never given a zero out, Grayson. I've, I've never given, given a zero. zero out. I don't think I will. But that that terrible Artemis foul or thing we watched that was a zero. I think I gave that a two or a one. I don't think I gave it as a point five or zero. I gave that a zero. But no, like. I, I now that you say that, five. that brings back nothing but bad memories. That was a terrible piece yeah, of that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the first movies that Disney put up for free, yes. wasn't it? Yes, yes, it was. Okay, that was one of the we first know, big ones. We know why. Well, that was also, again, when was that? Was that during the pandemic? Yes. Yeah. All these, it just, they all blend together. So that let's was like take a year a ago, wasn't it? I think so. It could maybe a year and a half ago, 18 months, within the 18 month range of the pandemic, I'm sure that was. Yeah. So let's talk about a fun movie that we all, I think, unanimously loved, I'm willing to say. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. Free Guy, which came out last week, directed by Sean Levy, written by, here's, I think, the important part, written by Matt Lieberman, Zach Penn, Sean Levy, um, Ryan Reynolds, Jodie Comer, the very lovable and charismatic Jodie Comer, and one of the few times I can say the villain was very likable, but I think that's thanks to Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. Um, Lil Ray Howery, Joe Carey, Ut- Utkarsh Umbarka. Yeah. Um, and then Aaron Aaron W. Reed, who provides the body of dude. <laughs> <laughs> Not- Insert catchphrase here. Catchphrase. Excited greeting. All right, Roger, why don't you take a few seconds and please sum up Free Guy for us. Free Guy is a story of a sentient video game character. And it fucking rules. Yep. Fiend. 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 <laughs> well, it's, it's, I mean, this is the other side. It was that awful movie with Matt McConaughey we watched that we learned they were all NPCs in the video game world. God. Serenity. Can, yeah, Serenity. Really? Yeah, Sir, Serenity. Um, I've never seen that. Yeah, Matthew, that was Matthew McConaughey and Hathaway. It has a couple other big people too. It just didn't do anything. No, it was bad. Yeah. yeah, it was really bad. But so this is the other side. This is like the fun side of it. Of So we have the very lovable Ryan Reynolds. Everyone loves Ryan Reynolds as an NPC that is 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 capable of learning and evolving past normal NPCs. And he's in a video game and, you know, things start to happen, percolate as to why he can understand things and kind of enter, you know, that's kind of where we're sitting at with Free Guy is he is different from the rest and we're damned if we don't figure out why. Yeah, it's fair. All right. So, Chris, why don't you tell us what you like the most about this movie? Uh, I mean, it's going to take up the entire segment. Um, this movie's really good. Uh, so the the things that stick out in this movie that I, that I like, and excuse the children in the background... Um, I like that this movie is a, is a movie that's based on a video game or video game world. And it's not that cringy for people that are into video games. 
because that's because that's the big fat uh, folly of a lot of these kinds of movies where like all those little details they're so out outside of the box so out of the water so disconnected from how things actually work this movie actually brings it all kind of to life in a cool way and it's not unbelievable and i appreciated that more than i did a lot of the other stuff in this movie however the comedy is so good i told roger earlier today that i three three fourths way through this movie i thought to myself in the theater i don't think i've stopped smiling or grinning my ass off the whole time i've seen this because it's just good the entire way through it's a fun ass movie it's fun yes yes it is comedy's fun the characters are fun the the plot is fun you know the the obstacles to get to her from point a to point b to c to d are fun the ending is fun the whole thing is good the movie probably could have ended to like the movie ends like three different times right other than that this movie's freaking fantastic well i don't fault it for ending a few times it does have things that needs to and you i mean it's got two worlds to tie up it's got you know other if things it, to tie up if it, if it would have wrapped up at any of those three spots you would have it, the movie could have been just done and over with i I, mean? I really it's thought fine. it's fine with the, the how like that they ended all of it but it didn't have to it just it feels like this movie ends twice i really thought that's the movie fine. was going to end when two characters meet on the street i was like okay well that's i'm okay with that that's yeah. you know yeah that, exactly it, it ends the story you know what happens to everybody yeah all right so Roger, what about you and Free Guy? Tell me before I get into it. Love it. Fiend. <laughs> I really thought for I didn't expect anyone to outsign Ryan Ryan Reynolds, but I really do think that Jody Comer really did steal the steal the show here. Millie the Maltov girl? Yeah, Maltov girl. Yeah, Millie. Yeah. She is wonderful. Um, she is everything Ryan Reynolds is, just in a female version. And she's very expressive, which I love too. I mean, acting is all about expression, also, so. I do like how they approach, like Chris said, I'm a fan of how they approach the video game because gaming is not going away. <laughs> gaming is the number one industry in the world and it's never going to be topped by anything. So that's important to know. But so which makes this movie hyper relevant always is because, you know, games are doing nothing but gaining popularity in every single demographic. And these games are very popular. I mean, what what would you say this game, mo- this movie most emulates? Grand Theft Auto? Yeah, Grand yeah, Theft yeah. Auto, yeah. yeah. 100%. I mean, there's some, there's outside of Grand Theft Auto, smaller pieces of that pyre. I mean, there's, there, there's got to be Fortnite in there. There's, there, there's got to be other MM or MOBAs in there. There's got to be, yeah. you know, those, those games you just jump in a world with a gun and start. I mean, they, they, they reference Apex Legends a few times. I mean, any number of games where you just jump into it with a gun and go. Like, I mean, yeah. how many of those games are out there? Dozens. Yeah. Yeah. And they, I love how they, they added those streamers that we, we watched. Those are real streamers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I figure because people in the in the in my viewing audibly gasped when they hmm. saw. I think one of them is Pokemane. Yeah. Hubert and Pokemane. Yes. Okay, yeah. Yep. It was was Pokemane the the the, the girl? The yes. Okay, okay, okay. And obviously the the other, the other one who was like the the very good looking guy who had like there was a white somebody shirt. else too, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that part of it too. I have to look because yeah, there was another one, but yeah, yeah. They, that was a big deal. Which which isn't so like. Let's talk about that for a second, right? That's a big deal because it's it shows that the people making this movie, A, are taking the content seriously, which I think is a is a huge step in the right direction because you don't usually get that, you know, that kind of the word respect doesn't it sounds too like, you know, I don't know, too serious, but it kind of it kinda of is. Like they're taking it seriously. They're grabbing people from the space that people are gonna recognize because, you know, it's it's a big industry. 
and it's going to connect with those people even more and make that movie feel more you know more possible for them and i think that's important well i, I don't think we i don't think respect is i don't think respect is the wrong word because you're you're right i don't think for the most part hollywood does not respect the gaming industry or or doesn't understand it but you know I, think, what? I would say that that was probably true until i watched this movie that somebody gets it yeah some somebody was like you know somebody made this and, and like wanted this to feel like you know this game real actually exist yeah well hold on let's 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 be fair let's be fair sean levy if anyone is going to get credit for this because i mean so look at some of the movies he makes look, look at um didn't sean levy do he did real steel I mean, he's bringing he real steel. What night? Night the museum is his. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, also the reboot of Night the Museum is his too. I, I thought I heard that was that was happening. Um, bringing bringing worlds to life is kind of what he does, and okay. I'm all for it if it works. And he does oh, a good yeah. job doing it. No, no, and and once again, kudos to him because you can bring a video game world to life, you know, a movie like this, and not pay homage to like the source material and still make a decent movie. We've seen him before, but like he, I mean, he goes out of his way to like, you know, fill gaps in with like real stream, like real current streamers, you know? And that's, you know, I think that's a, I don't know. I, I really appreciated that. I thought that was real things that people that. do in video games too. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I, I know one of Roger's favorite scenes, uh, there's, there's a, there's a death that ensues in an emotion afterwards that just tickled him fancy. Somebody so got teabagged in the street. <laughs> yeah. Live or die on these streets. That's what happened. I do love that. I do perfect. love things like, I do it's love things. It's been a while since I jumped into the GTA, but I think I'm going to have to make a comeback for a while. <laughs> I did enjoy things like in the, in, in the background, you saw this NPC like running and trying to jump off the same wall over and over again. Yes. Yep. Much like, what was that movie we watched with, um. The drugs, Selma Hayek, Owen Wilson. What was that? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, I yeah, do. Bliss. Yeah, Bliss. Bliss, Bliss, Bliss. That happened a lot in Bliss. And that, Chris, you were the one that pointed out in Bliss also mm-hmm. that f- people in the background were doing things that NPCs do over and over and yes. over again, yep. or video game characters in general. So, I mean, I really appreciate the level of detail in this movie. And I'm sure if you watch it again and like look at things not going on in the forefront, you're going to see a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah. I can't oh, wait. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait to it's so yet. hard to not, it's so hard to not watch the forefront though, right? Because the movie's very colorful and flashing in your face too, which is, I would agree I appreciate with you, that. That's uh, all I mean, pluses all the way around. Yes. I mean, well, I mean, so let's talk about the story here for just a minute. Let's, let's, let's dig into it. Cause we're, we're pretty much just salivating over how good this movie is. <laughs> let's actually just tell everybody what it's actually about. So, right. um, I'll lead it off. So Ryan Reynolds character guy is a NPC that works at a bank in let's just call it what it is. Vice city, basically, or yeah. Vice city, or yeah, fair wherever enough. we're at, you know, yeah. in, in grand theft auto world. And you know, his job is to get robbed at like, Noon, two thirty-five. Yeah, over and over again, the bank just gets robbed over and over again. And he starts having an idea. He's like, "Is this what it's like? Really supposed to be all about?" Blah blah blah. And you know, his best friends there played by a little rel, and he's just like, "Oh, you know, just gonna have beers on the beach after work." It's like this is what they do. It's part of their life. And he gets the idea like he's just not going to have it happen to him at one point. And all the people wearing sunglasses around him are the heroes, in quotation marks, which are just the players of the game. And at one point, he comes up to a guy robbing the place, and he just pulls his glasses off. Yeah. 
And that's kind of it. And then that's where it really begins. He gets to see what everything they see, which is like missions and health packs and his level. And, you know, he meets up with the Molotov girl, which basically triggers him to be because, you know, I won't tell you about why he's that way because it's actually a pretty interesting part of the story. Yeah. But how they put it all together and how he becomes who he is is really fun. Yes. Um, you know, he meets up with a girl that he's, you know, like basically in love with and she tells him come back when you're a higher level. So he starts leveling up. <laughs> yeah, which, which, which I enjoyed that, that ride. By, by the way, but it's the way he levels. He, he plays. He doesn't the, really kill anybody. He does good deeds. He does like, yeah, like that. Yep. I thought that was insanely clever, especially yeah. in a movie framed kind of like GTA, right? Because it's like, no one's, no one's the goddamn good guy. You know, and like to, for someone to like actually do things that way, it, it, yeah, it nobody's it, good. They're just varying levels of bad. Wait, yes. wait, what, what were the servers in GTA called where you could team kill and like the 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 bad daddy servers or something? Oh, well, I don't know. Yeah, there was it, it, it had a term, but like that's what you do in the GTA world. And even even Roger, I mean, you have experience with um, Red Dead. Even in Red Dead, like you just you do awful things to NPCs <laughs> or at least try to. You know, we all do it. It's one fun. of my favorite YouTube clips of all time. I still have up on my mostly defunct YouTube channel is when I captured this guy in Red Dead, tied him up, and just casually threw him off a waterfall. <laughs> just watching him drift and die. Like, I don't know why I recorded it. It's pretty dark, honestly. But, you know, it still makes me chuckle. <laughs> I agree. I agree with that. I mean, I like the inclusion of Channing Tatum. Oh, oh God, yes. In this movie. When yes, he's, like, dancing perfect. side to side. Yep. But, that's, but that's what Channing Tatum is. He's like, you're blue shirt yeah. guy. <laughs> that's what Channing Tatum does, though, and that's what's so great about that. I, I love you. Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah, you can take anything you want, man. It's great. Go ahead. Yeah, I love. I mean, I love how guys starts to like realize his world around him, and I love more. I mean, you guys know I love the the interaction between Guy and Mills or Molotov Girl. You know, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. I was. I mean, I was damn close to like shedding a tear of happiness by the end of that movie oh, only because like oh my god hey 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 hey, hey don't judge me i've already I mean, judged you i mean that. i'm the one gripe i have about how that all turns out is like i don't like how she needed help to figure it out eh, you know but, i mean no. but like i mean i i like how he you know one of the programmers literally that he was guy that he made yeah. himself and then he put him he his love interest and himself in the i thought that was insanely clever um, there are so many things about this movie that's clever, and the references. Oh my goodness, Batman! The references in this movie, both oh, yeah. both both audio dude, and during visual. the boss battle, <laughs> which is what I'm going to call the dude fight. Yeah, <laughs> so, so much fun. Oh, and then the the when he can we can we, can we talk about the the Marvel the one Marvel no. thing? No, that's that's pretty. Don't and then care. and then the oh, person look, who yeah, we shouldn't talk about it except for say it was. Awesome. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, and then Just and then and then the one perfect. person that, that they show watching it even is even better. Awesome. Well, yeah. that's all that that's all wrapped together as one moment, and it is in my in my opinion the best part of that movie. So I one hundred percent agree with that. I mean, yeah. it's people audibly cheered like i mean that's what i like i like it when audiences really dig what's going on and it's just that movie deserved it 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 deserved the cheer at that point it deserved love because it made smart choices again we talk about movies that don't make smart choices all the time for whatever I don't reason think this movie really made any bad choices did it well maybe i'm not saying this movie's perfect but i mean there's not much bad about it no, but what we always talk about fun does matter, and I think the fun, fun does movie, matter. Fun overrules any of the 
any what 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 is like patchy and spotty bad because they made but I mean there are parts of this movie that they need just to string along to get to the next part and I get that that's oh I'm willing to overlook that because this movie is so much fun. Well, fun is what lets you forgive the bad, right? Like that's yes, that's, that's what happens. Absolutely, that's very fair to say. And this movie earns the fun in spades. Like it's just there's so much of it in this. I agree with you. I mean, obvious obvious references. I mean. At least as far as viewing, I mean, we're going to talk, I mean, Ready Player One has to be part of that. Um, the Truman Show, you know, what what's real and what isn't. The whole thing around him is manufactured and he's playing a part. I mean, that's got to be in there. Even, what about The Matrix? Which Matrix? Any of them. I mean, let, oh, let's go with the, no. the original Matrix. Okay. The 999 sure. Matrix. The uh, rest of them are not good. Yeah. Well, but I mean, I mean but as far as making making links to other similar movies that sure that can be you know i'm, I'm surprised just, they didn't include a pill in this the red pill or blue pill i mean i i, I think that would be kind of honestly like for all the good references they do i think that would have been a bad reference like well, they don't listen they, this movie knows what it is and like it never tried to be too clever and i kind of appreciated that too yeah like it, it had you understand that this movie knows what it's doing right like it's not it's not just chipped together parts of video games. Like there's some deep cuts into things and it works. So I think that's very important here. I agree. And we, I mean, we have to talk about Watiti's character. I think he is an absolute gem. Antoine. Antoine, the, the, the absolute turd Antoine, but he's so likable as a villain. It's incredible. The he's likable, well, I don't know if he's likable. The likable villain. Enjoyable Antoine. as a Got villain. It. Yeah, it's enjoyable. It? Yeah, okay, okay. Enjoyable is more the word. Bag. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. And he has some great one-liners. Doesn't really, I mean, he just, you know, all the, all the insults he's flinging. It's just, it's it, it, good one-liners. It's good. Taika Waititi is so good. Yeah. He's Korg in, in Thor, right? Korg yes. is his name. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Piss off ghost. Yeah. Great. Wonderful. Uh, the, he was a major point in this movie for me. Um, I, again, Molotov girl, Jody Comer is, I think, the 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 biggest takeaway from this movie, which surprised me, because Ryan Reynolds I thought would have been that moment for me. But well, I mean, okay, let's be honest. Ryan Reynolds is uh, once again Ryan Reynolds in this movie, and it works no matter you know pe- people stick him in the right movies or he you know, he bids for the right roles, and it's just he's fun the whole time. He's good, but you're right. You know the the cast is also very good in this. Yeah, I mean all the cast are great. I mean, I mean, what did you think about his his, his best friend buddy, Lil Ray Howery? I, I, I honestly thought we were going to get more out of him. I, I, I did too, right? A little bit better. Yeah, like I wanted him. So, like in in, in with the, the final boss battle, there's a moment where he gets where he has the glass. There's a chance that things could have went differently. Yeah, and it's like you really wanted it to happen, but the way it goes is fine. But yeah, yeah, like a little bit more from that character would have been a good thing, I think. But it doesn't lose points for that. It just would have gained more. I agree with that. I I think so. Um, did you guys like the last boss fight? How that? I mean, whose face it was? Were, were you expect? I to be I, honest, I loved it. I, I was loved, expecting I, John Cena, as the camera was tilting up. I'm mean, like, he's so big these days. I was like, that's definitely going to be John Cena, right? That could have. I mean, you know what? Now that you, I didn't think about when. Now that you say that, it it wouldn't have. It, I would not have been upset if that would have been. I was also expecting it to be um to be uh, what's his name, the tsunami guy um. Korg's face, you know what I mean? Something like that. Or a good you mean, you mean, video you mean, game reference. You mean um, Antoine's face? 
Yes, yeah, I was expecting oh. it to be him, like a, like a huge buff version of him, just because he's very self-absorbed. I, I, I it would have made sense if he had done that. Yeah, it would have. Like, it, it once again, it wouldn't have lost points, you know, for for having that be be the case. And another thing that went through my mind for a split second was because of the. I mean, I didn't see the the, the reference that comes afterwards. We we've already mentioned. I don't want to reveal who it was, but if it would have been Thor as the face, Chris Hemsworth on the face of Dude. Would that, I mean, would that have been acceptable? I mean, sure. yeah, I but, okay with it. but there'd have to be something to reference it and make it so. Well, he's but, Korg. Is th- I mean, that's the reference is Korg. Well, yeah, Taika but Waititi is, you only know that in the background. Like, there's nothing in the movie that would lend you to, like, to like you know. Well, right. They, they would have had to plan something early, but I mean. Yeah, exactly. It could have paid off, though, absolutely. Especially with what they use as the, um, as, like, the gimmick prop you know, in that moment that we keep referencing. You know, right. No. Yeah. That would have made total sense actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they, I mean, they referenced two of the biggest movie franchises of all time. So nothing, nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, no, it's fine. It's it totally, works. it's totally fine. And again, the people cheering in my theater, it made me super happy that kids were cheering. Adults were cheering alike. It, it was great. It was a great shared experience that I had with like 25 other people that I'm very glad I was able to have. Uh, I don't, this movie, this is a movie that I t- we always talk about. The, mo- the the theater experience heightens this movie. I think. Do you guys? Yeah, agree? sure. Yeah, yes, but I'm gonna love watching this movie. In yeah, I can't wait to see it home. again. You know, yeah, like I I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna love being able to just you know lay in bed, turn this thing on on my huge ass television, and watch it in 4K as well. Because I'm sure that once you get this movie and like some of those scenes where he's walking through the street and there's so much going on around him. I'm sure if you pause it at any given time, you're going to be able to reference like four or five different things. Um, one of my favorite was, um, and of course, I, I love all these huge, strong guys in the game, but there are all these, these tiny, little, wimpy, wimpy dudes that are playing at home. And that one, that one guy's mom tells him he's she's ashamed of him because he's 22, living in his mom's house. <laughs> there is no God. One. <laughs> you're 22 years old and still live in my house there is no god <laughs> <laughs> that was great and the one that one tiny kid who was playing the dude with the with like the spiked mohawk who was who i, I love the the re, the rpd reference on is the raccoon yep. police department like, yep. i mean i'm sure that i haven't i'm not really been a huge gamer for many years but i'm sure that i missed probably three or four dozen references that a lot of people who are who are avid gamers will have been able to point out yeah. There's a lot of good ones in there. Yeah, a ton yep. of good ones. Uh, what about something you guys didn't like about Free Guy? That there was no Mario Kart shell reference during the car chase. Hmm. Damn it, that's a miss. Damn it. I yep. didn't think about that. Only because I hate the fact that the other movie we talked about today did reference Mario Kart. Exactly. See, it, yeah. it could have salvaged you. Could have been a running theme. But no, instead, didn't happen. Yeah. I'm, what about you, Roger? You seem to be contemplating any See, of that. I don't, I don't really know because like, I can't look at anything in this movie where it's like it was missed for me, you know? It wasn't like a scene I could just be like, yeah, you know, it would have been better if they did this because this movie works pretty well. Yeah. So, and, and the last thing I want to say is like, I don't think we – could they have gotten more movie references and video game references into this? Sure. But what they did get that I completely saw, I'm okay with. Yeah. So, so like, listen, if I miss something in the background, that's fine too. You yeah. know? So, I mean, I, I think a good way to think of it, just to build off that point, is something I said earlier too, is 
I don't think this movie loses any points. I think it could have just gained more. Well, okay, that's fair. I get you. We we have in very recent talked about a movie that just slammed over and over references. Space Jam: A New Legacy slammed a ton of Warner Brother movie references. Some that weren't even relevant to the like. Didn't they? Wasn't there a reference to Gone with the Wind or something? Oh, wait, that was yes. Wrong. There was Gone with the Wind. Okay, yeah. There, yep. But like that that doesn't that doesn't have anything to do with Space Jam or anything. I mean, that's an odd reference, and yeah, you know. The Space Jam was full of odd references. So. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like after a while, it kind of to me it was kind of like okay, now we're getting a, a bit. You know, after the seventy fifth reference, we're getting a bit much here. So, so like, so I'm gonna name three movies that that do this, including the one we just watched. Right. So you have Space Jam, which does that the referencing its products poorly. You have Free Guy, which does it very well, and then a movie like um, like Wreck It Ralph breaks the internet, does it in kind of like a oh okay yeah this makes sense kind of way. Like that's like the spectrum yeah. of like of okay. like of that's like fair. Of like you know self promotion, this kind of weird thing that the you know, that these movies are doing sometimes, and like there's a range, right? Space Jam is the way to not do this thing, throw things in there, and you know just like shoe, shoehorn references that don't need to be in there of your own of your own properties too, right. because you know it helps you out at the same time. It just it's tacky. This movie th- does a fantastic job of just putting in references that are relevant to the to like what's going on because they're relevant and they don't force it. But but, but, all, it but also wouldn't wouldn't any video game reference be 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 relevant in a way that for instance some of those older movies referenced in Space Jam weren't relevant to Space Jam and they kind of were a, they they, were, they just they kind of were a question mark of why they were even in there. I think again this movie's fun enough to where we would have forgave it if it, even if it didn't make sense though. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's fair. Okay, that's I, I, I think I think, that. I think I think again it's earning it and I just thought of something else it missed when they beat when they beat somebody or won some fight, Final, Fan- Final Fantasy theme music for winning a fight should have played, but whatever. Oh, that's, yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. And me being a huge FF nut, I should have, yeah, I definitely like that. It's okay, um, I got you. One of my, one of my favorite, one of my favorite things, um, Taika Waititi says is, so when, when he's first trying to figure out how to get rid of Free Guy, he assumes he's an NPC, or he assumes he's a bad player that's just getting lucky. Ban him. And he says, ban that trash ass noob. <laughs> <laughs> which i think is wonderful because like that's exactly how gamers talk to each other when they're mad go on you trash ass no your mom's a, you know your mom did to me last night you know it's just that's the same this thing is a that perfect example why i never leave party chat ever no game online chat is one of the most toxic things it's i've ever come across it's a cesspool which i mean i'm i mean nintendo does doesn't even allow it which is uh, probably a good choice but hell we, we, we play a game where we just we turn off emotes we can't even see emotes god dang it yeah, well, they drop me up a wall, but I mean, no, you're 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 right. The, I mean, yeah, toxic. I think this game or this movie, I call it a game. This movie did a great job in capturing, for the person that might not be a gamer, the toxicity that is online chat also is is off the charts. And I think oh. that was wasn't that kind of the point of Watiti's, you know, rants over and over again of how they were. I mean, he said some pretty heinous shit. So wasn't that kind of the point of him saying those things is the toxicity of the average gamer and what well, they say? That your your guy who runs a, a CEO of a company that doesn't care about its people, blah, blah, blah. You know, sure. there, there's a few a few tropes he's playing off as that character. But yeah, that one works too, 100%. I mean, I, I love the sequel is going to launch in a few. I mean, that's very much like that's how games do it is if you have one hit, you make another one pretty much right away. Although it takes a while to make it, you still start making it right away. Uh, I love that. I love that reference to... Not unless you're making Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> right, which takes like decades to make. We now, got but... eight years in this bad boy now. Yeah, we do. We really do. <laughs> Two whole console generations. 
Um, so I mean, Incredible. one of the last things I want to touch on, at least in, in my notes, we've already touched on Chang Tatum, um, and a lot of you know the sunglasses, the the, the talk, the the references to other movies, the leveling up system is. Um, I want to I want to just uh, the three main the, so. Did you did at any time, you question, you know, people coming in and out of that world leaving, or is this movie kind of on a level where? You don't need to ask that question because it's it's presented in, in in a way that it doesn't require you to ask that question. I don't think it's required to do it because I mean that's how G like Grand Theft Auto right now. If I turned on my character who I haven't played in more than a year and a half, I have no idea where I am. I'm just gonna spawn into my office building somewhere and be like, yeah, let's go blow stuff up. <laughs> like that's that's legitimately it. Like, there's no missions anymore. It's just whatever. And I love that the woman who makes coffee is like, I want to make a goddamn cappuccino. I thought that was great. Uh, learned how to cappuccino through trial and error. <laughs> I did like that. I the, This movie was – I noticed the rating. This is PG-13. Now, because we've been talking a lot about you know Venom lately and it's, you know, it's poised for release, do you think at any time there was a rated R version of this? I don't think there was. I bet I, you there's a longer version, probably not rated R. Yeah, I uh, think that one. Now, does this movie need the rated R? We enjoyed no. it as much as we did, so it obviously doesn't need it. Could 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 they had a could have had a little more fun? Yes, but this movie doesn't get as many people to see it if it's rated R. I think. Well, just remember, Guy's character isn't R rated. You know what I mean? That does make sense. You're right. You're 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 right about that because I mean, and then I just mentioned Venom is an R-rated character. I mean, what he is, what he says, what he does. Yeah, but but you know, like I don't know, like Good Boys and stuff like that. You know, when people that are supposed to be good and homely are doing you know sh- you know shockingly you know terrible things, it's also hilarious. So you know, his reaction to the to the terrible around him was hilarious. So to see like you know limbs getting blown off and stuff could have also been entertaining to see his reaction to that. Roger, what were you saying? I didn't mean to cut you off, Roger. Well, I think um, honestly, about, yeah. if it was a if there was an R-rated version of this movie, it would be the world that would be R-rated, not Guy. And I don't know if that would help this movie really. I don't think it would. I was trying to like I was contemplating this for the past couple of hours. As I was getting my thoughts in order. I don't think it. I don't think an R rating helps this movie. I think it actually hurts it um, because you don't. A, you're not going to get the viewership that you're that, that you're getting. You're not going to get the word of mouth. But also, I think with an R rating, you almost feel obligated to take away some of the levity. Was the fact that they reference games that you know aren't rated R games, but are still fun and maybe not mostly wide known. But you'd have had to reference more mature games. I think at that point too, wouldn't you, th- oh, you think? I think an R rating just gets you more, you know, could just get you more, get like get you actual gore and stuff, which could. But be this shocking. movie doesn't benefit from the gore. I, I think it would. I think it would make it more lowbrow, honestly. Maybe I don't know. I I don't I don't see a world where that hurts the movie as long as they're not just shoving it or shoved it in there. I think they could have. I think some of those kinds of situations could have comedic effect with the way guy's character is because he's so innocent, right? Because he's such a good guy. Whereas you know something terrible happens in front of him to somebody, you know, that's just you know. Like someone literally explodes and there's chunks, you know, that, that, could, sure. that could be funny. You know what I mean? But I don't think it buries the movie in any way, shape or form. I think viewership argument makes complete sense. hundred percent. You know, you get more people because this thing's rated PG-13 instead of rated R. I don't think the R rating would hurt it. It just depends on how they do it. They could hurt the movie with an R rating 
but I think if, if the movie was rated R and they played around with it, I think they would have done just fine because they made a good movie anyway. So I think they would have made the right choices with an R rating as well. Oh, yeah, sure. I, get, I, I get that. I can understand that quite a bit. Um, what Was there another point you wanted to bring up, Roger? I know I cut you off once. I'm sorry about that. No, I'm good. All right, then. I think we all generally love this movie, which is uh, I mean, again, I love the the whole romance angle. I just I melted a couple of different times during this movie, and I'm a fail okay mm-hmm. saying that. I'm, I'm, I'm you know I like romance you melt, you, you melted like some like some bubblegum ice cream. <laughs> bubblegum ice cream is ass, by the it, way. Do you remember? In, do you remember in school, Roger, um, Chris? I think again, I think you might. This this time would have been passed for you, but when they made you do like bubblegum mouthwash, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah, do you remember that where they passed around? Chris, did you ever have to do that where they gave you a little yeah. cup? And, yeah. But you know what though, my kids got some weird flavored mouthwash now made for kids. Mm-hmm. It's like some weird like fruit tropical punch stuff. I'm just like, this should taste like fire mint. That's what <laughs> it's supposed to be. You should suffer. You should suffer. You should suffer. But no, uh, bubblegum ice cream. Your mouth to smell good. This is what it takes. But bubblegum bubblegum ice cream doesn't. It didn't. It wasn't. Doesn't scream delicious to me. But eh, I could no, it's it. awful. Awful. Uh, but other than that, I think we all love the movie. So let's move to score it. And um, yeah. I'm going to go first. I'm going to give this movie a seven, which I didn't wow. expect to. I didn't okay. expect. Keep in mind, I'm also. I also gave Joker a seven, but I think True. free. I think Free Guy, you know, for different reasons, deserves a seven. Okay. All right. So I love so much of it. I cheered at times. I was. I was almost to a point where I was like, I almost shed a happiness tear for the, for um, what for Mills and Keys. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved every moment of this. This might be this might be my favorite movie going experience of the year so far. All right, I'll, I'll go second. Um, this movie is a nine for me. It's so oh, wow. good, so much fun. I never once in the theater, you know, had had a reason to not be there. This movie's great. The comedy lands, the characters land, the story lands. Like you know, the the setting lands. They hit all they hit all the good stuff about you know like a gaming world. With this character in it, it it ends on a good note. I like this movie. This is great. This is a nine. Okay, Roger, you're up, buddy. Interesting. So no, I'm not going to go quite that high. Uh, I think this movie's about a solid eight. Like I will recommend mm-hmm. this movie to everybody. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's a single person that this isn't for. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like this is this is a good movie for most people. Even if you're not a gamer, you don't have to be. You, no, you yeah, understand. Exactly. Yeah, it's, well, it's funny. It's got a good story, and like everything matches up. It works mm-hmm. very, very well. Yeah, it, it just happens that the three of us are gamers, so yeah. I, I, we're we're obviously going to see it through that lens a lot. It's a good story either way, and it's very funny. Yes. Very, very funny. Yeah, it's this is a good, and it's doing very well at the box office. Do you? Okay, here's one more question. Do you see us getting a free guy too? Christ, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, like, where, we, does it, where does take take a minute? Where does all the, story the movies go? I've watched recently, this is the movie I want to have a sequel. This better be this better be the one that gets the sequel, right? Yeah, that's right. But what uh, do they I, what do they explore in the sequel? Where, I don't what know. Is this, I mean, usually by the end, if, if there's, I mean, you can tell where the movie's going to go story wise. I really don't think it's. I mean, everything is the way it should be, unless they, unless guy is evolving and learning in, in their own world and. I, something I mean, he's the, Skynet. You know that, right? He is Skynet, and then Chris said you never said this was a better Terminator movie than Terminator Dark Fate. I didn't see him as being Skynet. I won't draw. I won't draw correlations where there are none. I'll show some respect on that. It's fine. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> Skynet. But I mean, like, I mean, there's not a small part of Skynet. 
that just hasn't become Skynet yet. Well, so yeah, there is a movie where guy becomes the bad guy, which that's what, well, which would I be mean, listen, that would be the title. Yes, <laughs> yeah, <guy>. would. <laughs> <laughs> was was there some was there some uh, small part of you that dude didn't remind you of Arnold in like the first Terminator as as could, big and built as he was? Yeah, but well, I was just about to say, could you imagine dude in like in like a Terminator two outfit? You know, yes. as like as like the the number one He's henchman the whole time. Sunglasses and a jacket on. <laughs> Which I I I, uh, I like to think at some point in the development of this that was someone was like should we put him in that uniform or you know even the 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 jeans and I think he wore jeans and a biker jacket in the first one when he's chasing down John Connor yeah. yeah I think that I mean that would have been appropriate because I mean <sighs> he was the Terminator for all yeah, intents and purposes yeah. he was the assassin from the first Terminator film I mean that's I don't know I I, I really, really really dug it so man oh man that's good that we all so seven eight nine that's yeah. We're not usually. More it's than... a good fun movie, man. Yeah, it, yeah, really, it is. really is. I mean, so so like, I mean, in my like, the reason why my, my nine comes up is because, you know, I had a, such a good time at Palm Springs, and I had I had just as good of a time with this movie as I did Palm Springs. I had a that's great good, time man. I'm glad, yeah. and that's saying something because, man, we Palm Springs is a goddamn ten. It if there good. was one that year, it's a ten. Uh, well, yeah. So we're very happy about that. This has been episode two hundred and forty of Four the Love of Cinema. Each new episode posts at Tuesday, Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment to rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I'm at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. And I'm Christopher Baum. Don't forget to check out the page on Facebook. Always posting things there for different stories and updates in the film world. Check us out on YouTube. We have a presence there. And send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. Next week, we're taking a look at Reminiscence and The Protege. Uh, please also note that Reminiscence is available theatrically and as streaming on HBO Max. So you can get that if you are an HBO Max subscriber. Excellent. Excellent Ooh. indeed. Excited greeting. Excited greeting.